All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tiger Zone, the Princeton podcast for the class of 2010. I am your host, Jeff Kerchick, and today I'm joined by a special guest. It's been a little while since we've done an episode, so I'm really excited about this one. Um, she was in the arts at Princeton. She actually is uh, an MFA and an MBA, so she's at the intersection of business and the arts today, and she is the founder and CEO of More Canvas Consulting. would love to welcome uh, Pilar Castro-Kiltz. Uh, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, looking forward to our discussion. Um, let's just start out with uh, some of the easy stuff. Tell us a little bit about who you are, you know, where you're from, what you like to do growing up, uh, you know, and even tell us a little bit about your journey to Princeton and, and what brought you there. Sure. Let's see. Journey growing up. We have to go, we have to go back several decades now <laughs> to, to start that tale. But I, yep. I, my early childhood was on the West Coast. But really, I, I grew up in a small town in the Finger Lakes region of central New York called Skenny Atlas, an adorable Norman Rockwell-style village at the top of a lake, which was an idyllic place to be a child, uh, a quiet place to be an adult. <laughs> so I uh, was very happy to go to Princeton. And let's see, your question was how I got to Princeton. As, as most Princetonians might appreciate, I discovered Princeton because I didn't like Yale. Uh, and I, I recall- Which is a great reason. It's a great reason. It's a great reason. Sorry, all you Yaleys out there. Um, yeah, my parents and I were doing the, the college visit tour. We had seen Brown. Oh, Brown's so cool. Providence is like this big city. Very exciting. Drove into New Haven. I said, this place is big and scary. There's no way I'm going here. Uh, we don't even have to do the tour. Don't even get out of the car. And uh, I think it was actually my mom who said, you know, I think like since we're out here, I think Princeton's somewhere nearby. We should go check it out. And we drove in to Princeton. And little did we know that the reason that there were white chairs in front of Nassau Hall and people dressed up in orange and black, like filling the streets, wearing their blazers and their boater hats, that it was reunions. But I had no idea what that was. I just looked around and saw fireworks and people with face paint and like chanting and cheering and dancing in the streets. And I was sold. I said, whatever this school is, I want to be one of these people. I'm, I want to go here. This is, this is a dream. That's awesome. And so when you, when you got there, what did you focus on as a student? And, you know, you and I talked a little bit uh, last week and you had a pretty cool senior thesis. So tell us a little bit about how your efforts there culminated with, uh, with your thesis as well was like a kid in a candy shop, uh, I think freshman year. Uh, you know, I, I went to a public public high school, very small, very small town, great education, but the breadth of courses offered at Princeton, entire like departments I had never heard of, fields of study that were just so eye-opening. I, sophomore year, could have declared one of like seven different majors because I was so into anthropology and neuroscience and physics and music and politics and sociology and Spanish and all over the place. And I had gone to Princeton actually specifically not to be an artist. I, I made a choice. I didn't apply to Juilliard. I didn't apply to Northwestern. I didn't want to go to a conservatory. I wanted to go to a liberal arts school that had great arts programs, but that I could major in something else because I was going to be a scientist or a politician or something. You know, I was 17 when I started Princeton, so I was very, very little and very, very young. <laughs> but 
But I uh, ultimately sophomore year declared music as my major because I was so interested in this intersection of music and dance and theater and how stories could be told and how the lens of current events and political movements and social movements and the angst and agita of a group of people at any given time could be communicated into these art forms, whether it was a ballet or as a play or a musical, and could communicate something to the audiences at the time. It could even be a part of social movements. This fascinated me at the time of like, how is it that music and art can move people and change minds? And my creative thesis uh, was a play that I wrote, directed, and choreographed. And it was the first play I'd ever written. It was the first play I'd ever been in charge of directing, choreographing, and writing. And it was actually about that small town of Skinny Atlas in the Finger Lakes. And it was following a group of kids from very young age all the way to graduating from high school and looking at heartbreak and those transitional transformative moments when as children we first realize that the world is not what we thought it was. And those moments can be as small as finding out that Santa Claus isn't real or as big as killing your friend in a car crash when you were driving drunk. And for me, it was a, a really, for me, it was a transitional moment of understanding that there were experiences I had in my life that could be translated to art that could move people, that could bring them to tears or to laughter or to excitement. And that set me on a path of I need to create interdisciplinary theater pieces that bring music and movement and words together in order to tell these tales and move people. So I went to Tish. That's actually a good segue because the next question I was going to ask you is to walk us through, you know, your your professional career. Um, maybe we'll start on like a high level because we'll dive into like we're going to drill down dr drill down into some of the things that you've done. But walk us through, you know, you see, go to Tish, walk us through like, you know, all of that and and how it got you even to where you are today. Thank you for stopping me, Jeff. You know, I get very excited talking about all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> I think last week we just sort of went on and on and on about. All the all the fun times um yeah so high level of, of go ahead oh no i wasn't gonna say anything i'm i'm, I'm waiting with bated breath here you... <laughs> of like the the high level i mean i think that you know so so after princeton yeah went to tish got the mfa dance and choreography spent several years in new york running a dance theater company working as a director as a choreographer as a performer i did some work on broadway i did some work off broadway also you know like street festivals in the east village where you're like this seems like a good stage it's just like a platform in the middle of fourth street um very much living that kind of like downtown artist life and i loved it and in the course of it realized I was doing more and more of the producing and more and more of the organizing and the marketing and the building of the audience. I started the Princeton Arts Alumni because I felt like there should be this network, this umbrella, this group uh, to support alumni who are in the arts. I started more Canvas Consulting because I saw a need for business management and marketing services for arts organizations. And over the course of the years of running those three organizations, Ensemble Dance, my dance theater company I started, Princeton Arts Alumni, and more Canvas Consulting, I had a, a little bit of a self-realization that I was spending most of my day running businesses. Yes, they were in the arts. Yes, I was still an artist because I was still creating, but ultimately what I was doing was, was running three different businesses. And 
I decided to apply to business school because I needed to know more about business because I basically self-taught myself through the internet and some workshops and other things. And I, I felt like, like all good students, it was time to go back to school. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, obviously being a dual MFA and having an MBA, that's pretty rare. We did interview actually one other classmate of ours who uh, is in the same boat, but I feel like you guys are, are one of uh, very few folks who have both an MFA and an MBA. Those are two very different fields, um, but you have both. And maybe, and I know that your, your current consulting business doesn't only cater to artists. Um, so I know you work with a lot of different folks, but regardless, um, you know, tell us a little bit about why you think this has given you a competitive edge in, in, your, in the work that you do. Ultimately, there's a great measure of creativity that is needed in any kind of business endeavor. There's a lot of problem solving, innovating, coming up with new and different ways to either provide a product or service, you know, actually like generate it, manufacture it, put it together, or go to market and tell people about what you do. So business people are very creative just generally. It's not just for the arts. But I do think that there, there is a way of being a playwright, of being a choreographer and a director where there aren't as many boundaries on how you can tell a story, on how you can put something together. It's, you know, a stage is just a black box. And you get, I got to move bodies around in space and costumes and lights and use the tools to make something out of completely nothing. So I think that there's a bit of a competitive edge there of, of having lived in the world of fictions, of, of creating a fictional space and tapping into the imagination of making something completely new. It's not so hard to translate that to business of we have no idea what we're going to do. And so we need to come up with a completely novel solution and see if we can create something out of nothing. But I, I think to some extent, like for me personally, what I observe is that my work as a director and a producer really taught me how to communicate clearly with many different people from different areas of expertise and vocabulary and understanding. And so there was one thing we were doing, which was creating a certain piece of theater, but to communicate to technical and production staff, to communicate to the business office at the theater and the people who were presenting it or producing it or funding it, to the audience who we wanted to get to buy tickets, to the actors and dancers and performers, all of whom have very different ways of looking at the world and of speaking about their work. I think that that gave me a competitive edge in business and at business school to be able to use those skills and translate that ability to speak the different languages, but all with one goal and one vision in mind. That's awesome. Um, and I mean, and, and actually, before I move on, I, maybe we can spend just a minute having you dive into like the work itself that you do. I mean, you started to, to touch on that, but um, you know, starting your own business is no small feat. Like even just being a, a founder of any business like requires a lot of moving parts, right? Um, so like maybe you can just talk about what it's like just just to get something off the ground. You talked even about, you know, when you were in New York City, how you were being acting as an operator there as well, even before you went to business school. Um, 
is that scary? You know, I mean, like, it feels like you're taking a huge risk. Um, so can you maybe just talk people through like, what does it entail to get, even get a business up and running and like, what are, what is like some of the specific type of work that, that you do? I'll answer first the question of whether or not it's scary. And, okay. and I think it is scary, uh, to start something, to start something new. And many of the clients I work with are starting new businesses. So at More Campus Consulting, I and my team, we, we provide strategy, operations, and marketing services for independently owned businesses. So I work with startup founders, business owners in navigating them through either starting a business, experiencing a transition in their business, which typically these days exciting is growth is we're doing really well and, and we want to take it to the next level and in some occasions it's also uh, change management of that they've hit some kind of wall or some kind of problem and, and need help you know steering through that and because we provide strategy operations and marketing i and the more canvas consulting team are able to provide kind of that end-to-end -end of what are you selling how are you going to manufacture it or produce it or, or make sure that it functions well, looking at your cost, looking at your human capital. And then now that we know what you're making it and how you're going to make it, let's tell the story and take it to market. And let's figure out how we're going to communicate that out to audiences. And I have clients in a variety of industries now, um, over we're looking at, I couldn't give you a number, but I, I have clients who are in legal services and financial services, uh, several clients now in healthcare, private practices, private medical practices, working with higher education, a department at the university, and then also still working with arts organizations, which I've been working with at More Canvas Consulting since 2014 when we were founded. So I, I think that in starting a business, as I've worked with clients and as I reflect back on on my starting of businesses, a lot of it's about just the courage and confidence to do it. I, I find that they're, they're very often with clients, they've been thinking about this idea for many years. It's rare that I talk to somebody who says, you know, last week I decided to start a business and so can you help me do that? It's typically, I've been thinking about this for like three to five years and this is my dream and can you help me make this happen? And a lot of what I do is, is helping to talk them through why yes, they could do this and they have the skills and they have the professional experience and they have the network and they have the resources necessary. But simple things like, are you going to be an LLC? How are you, where are you going to incorporate? Do you have a tax accountant? Sometimes it's very simple questions in helping people get a business started. That's great. Um, and I, as someone who, um, has, has thought about it myself, I, I probably want to talk to you at some point about it. Um, please do. Um, as far as like, you know, I think the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic was, um, something that was pretty transformational for a lot of small businesses across the United States. I would imagine that it had an impact on yours as well. Um, can you talk us through that a little bit? Like, how did you react to that? Um, what was the impact for you and what was the impact for your clients? Oh yeah, it, it was, it was a major shift for more canvas consulting and all of our clients. Uh, you know, I continued running more Canvas while I was in business school at Wharton. And 
really used it as my lab while I was at business school of here's what I learned in a class today and now let me see if it works on my business. And surprise, it did. It turns out they teach you something in business school. It was such a surprise. Uh, and at the end of at the end of those two years, I had really determined that that my competitive advantage, if we can go back to that, is is at the intersection of the arts and business. That with an MFA and an MBA, this is my niche is to serve artists and arts organizations, bring what I've learned from business school of how other industries solve problems and address growth and change, and bring it to the arts to see if that could be a catalyst for some evolution for for clients and for the field at large. And that was going great from 2019 to the beginning of the pandemic. I was moving up market, working with larger arts organizations, really expanding the client portfolio at More Canvas Consulting, but specifically in the arts. And when COVID hit, it was a shock to every single one of my clients. Uh, whether they were musicians or visual artists or playwrights or dancers or larger nonprofit arts organizations. So that that summer was really spent doing massive problem solving of figuring out how to take everybody's art digital and how to create virtual experiences. And it was an exciting few months of of serving them. But it was also eye-opening to me that it was time to accelerate phase two of the More Canvas plan, which was to diversify the client portfolio to serve other industries. And that had been on my pretty business plan upon graduating from business school as a 2025 milestone. But as we know, pretty business plans often have to be thrown out the window. And so I I really doubled down and and just started reaching out to my network and, and putting it out there that if you are a small business or an independently owned business, as many of my clients prefer to be called, uh, you know, we can help you take take your services online, create virtual uh, digital experiences for your shoppers, for your clients, for your employees, and kind of spent that year growing the team and digging in on a whole new line of business, which was really helping the operations and strategy side as well as marketing. Awesome. Um, I have a, a bit of a two-pronged question for you, which is, uh, what is the most rewarding part of what you're doing running this business? And what do you think is the most stressful part? Um, obviously the two go hand in hand, right? Like it, nothing's rewarding without pain. Um, and you really don't want to experience a lot of pain unless there can be a great reward, right? So um, talk us through what makes this so rewarding for you, but what are some of the challenges that you face in order to, uh, to, to get there? Well, Jeff, no pain, no gain, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think actually that was like basically the concept of my senior thesis. We all experience pain. Don't feel bad. It will make you better afterwards. <laughs> That's exactly right. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope they gave you a good grade on that because I, because I agree. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was really fun. I, you know, I, I'll start with the stressful part because I always like to end on like uh, an upper note, but Obviously, there are the stresses of, you know, running your own business. It's all on your shoulders. And so, you know, every every day, it's it's my responsibility to make sure that, you know, things are moving forward. But I don't find that so stressful. I find that kind of exciting. Um, I do sometimes find managing expectations and scope 
to be stressful. When I'm working with clients and, uh, for example, I'm working with a law firm right, right now and, you know, they have these big growth plans and a big vision for how, how they want to, you know, their business to look in three years. And I get very excited helping them with multiple facets of the business. You know, how are we going to... I won't get into the details because we don't have that much time. Uh, but actually managing that scope can sometimes be stressful in the, I can't do everything for you. I can't do it all in a month. I can't do it all in six months. Like we need to be patient. We need to take our time. And uh, sometimes clients get frustrated, but sometimes I get frustrated too, because you, you want to you wanna fix everything. Uh, I think in this kind of business where you're, where I'm providing problem solving and advisement services. I like to see results and sometimes results are slow. That can be stressful. But I think the rewarding part is those moments when I'm talking to a client who, you know, wanted to start a new business and now there's a business. You know, like there, I, I work with this one client, um, Andrea Zuko. She's a physical therapist. She always wanted to put together this continuing education platform for physical therapists uh, to learn about dance medicine, to learn about how to treat dancers because they have very different bodies. And, you know, this was a great project that was like that intersection of arts and business. I'm, I'm helping create this like virtual education platform for a medical professional who treats dancers like excellent. And she's now been in business for a year and a half and is profitable and, and has an entity that didn't exist before. And that's very rewarding to see people's visions come together. I think it's why our tagline is current tagline, um, more canvas consulting getting you more canvas to realize your vision. And ultimately that's what I do. Is, is I, I like that. That's Thank good. You. Yeah. Thank you. So that's very rewarding when that happens. Absolutely. And, you know, based on what you're telling me, I mean, it's, it feels to me like you, you had a very strong head on your shoulders going to Princeton. You kind of knew what you were interested in doing. I, I, I didn't, there was a lot of things that I would want to go back in time and, you know, tell myself, but I'm, I'm sure that for everybody, that's the case, right? So you've learned a lot through your experience, right? I mean, not a lot of people get to go work on Broadway and start their own consulting business where they get to work with like various different types of founders. Um, so that's got to be really interesting. And it's probably giving you a lot of perspective that you couldn't get in a classroom. Um, so if you were to go back in time and talk to like a younger you, what are maybe like, is there a thing or a couple of things that you wish that you could go back and, you know, tell that younger you? How much time do we have, Jeff? <laughs> we have plenty of time. So feel free to fire away. <laughs> well, I think that, yeah, you, you are spot on that. We all have, I think, many nuggets of wisdom that if we could talk to our younger selves, we would give to them. It, it's a little tricky because I think we talked a little bit about this last week that, you know, philosophically, I, I do think that we, we go through these experiences in life and we make what in retrospect look like mistakes. But if we, I'll speak for myself, when, when I reflect back and if I am generous with my younger self, and really think about what information did I really have at 17 or 19 or 21? What really was, how much information did I really have at that age? And also remembering to some extent like the emotional state of that age of 
what kind of pain and what kind of questions and confusion was I experiencing at that, at that age that since then I've processed. And so I can look back and it'd be like, really? You became a music major? Was that a practical choice? Like, I'm rambling a little bit because I'm trying not to get too personal. <laughs> but, but the truth is that I have had moments of looking back and thinking I should have made more practical choices. I could have been an econ major. I could have been a politics major. I could have been anything that was quanti in the math and sciences area. I remember sitting in the career advising office at Wharton and, you know, they looked at my resume and then looked at me and they just said, like, could you have been any other major? Music? What are we going to do with that? And of course, I wanted to ask, like, I don't know, you let me into this school. Like, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, right? Right. And and uh, many of those conversations, you know, I, I went through the recruiting process. I, I did an internship at a hedge fund. I did uh, a second internship at like a, a global a portfolio of like apparel companies. And many of those experiences, I, I had to go through the sort of bottom moment of, oh, no, why was I an artist? Why did I why did I not do any summer internships when I was at Princeton? I went and I choreographed musicals in the summer. Why did I get an MFA? I did go through a kind of dark period of I made a lot of mistakes as a younger person because I was following my passion. And as it turns out, my passion did not prepare me for, quote unquote, the real world out here. And it really wasn't until I was at business school that I was faced with people telling me, you made some mistakes. Um, because up until that point, I was just following I'm going to be a dance theater artist and you know everything I've done has been correct to lead me there and it took a lot of self-reflection to really think about what I had learned in the process of being a music major of getting a certificate in theater and dance and doing DZAC and doing all the the extra like plays and arts projects of doing the senior thesis of getting an MFA of of running a dance theater company and understanding that just because the market or you know somebody sitting in a career advisement office uh, doesn't understand the value and the skills and the power of the arts and working in the arts doesn't mean that there isn't any it means that they just don't know it and it's up to me to understand what skills i have and what i can use and to be okay with being a little bit of a trailblazer. Um, not that nobody else has done it, but if, if no one else can tell you a story of someone who's done what you want to do, you have to kind of make it up. Love it. Um, those are some, those are some, those are some good, some good thoughts. So if there are any uh, Princeton students that might be tuning into our little tiger zone podcast, maybe they'll, they'll take heed of the message. Um, so I want to wrap up here. Um, you've you've told us a lot about your business, and I think there's a lot of folks that might be interested in being in touch with you. How do people find you? Where do they contact you? Give us the uh, the quick promo. The quick promo. Yeah. More Canvas Consulting can be found online at www.morecanvas.com. <laughs> and Pilar Castro Kilts. Uh, thanks mom and dad is search engine optimized uh, right out of the box so far I'm the only one on the planet with oh with the the only person with that name so far Pilar Castro kilts k-i-l-t-z 
And that's something I, we have I, in common because I don't think there's any other Jeff Kerchicks either. No, so. you know, I noticed that when I Googled you. Yeah. It's very convenient. Either that, yeah. or I, either that or I'm the best one. I don't know. But uh, oh. I, think there, I don't think there's any others. That's tough to tell. But yes, find me, find me on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Send me an email, pilar at morecanvas.com. Honestly, if you actually want to reach me. Awesome. And that's P-I-L-A-R for those who are wondering. Um, thank you, Pilar, for, for spending the time with us uh, this morning. It was a great conversation, and I appreciate everybody for, for tuning in. Thank you. Go Tigers. Awesome. We'll see you guys next time on, uh, on Tiger Zone.